Konbonwa, and welcome to another week of Japan Rugby Weekly. I'm BMAC, and joining me tonight is Dougie Pickett, Billy Tupo, and JK Jokamana. Tonight, our special guest is Japan's 15 captain, Michael Leach. Let's go! Nice, BMAC. That's the one, bro. Take 20, was it? That was good, Fred. Nah, That was real good. That was good, man. That was solid, Thanks, boys. Man, we're supportive. Um, uh, How have the boys been? Been real good this week, yeah. Nice. Got a big game this week, eh, against Kintets. We can finally get fans in as well, eh, so. Should be a goodie. Nice. Can't wait, you know? Yeah, yeah. Bit of support. Yeah. Nice. We've had heaps of fans lately. Yeah, no, um, it's just hard for them to show their support without being at the you know grounds, eh? Yeah. But no, no doubt. Nice. We've got a pretty special guest on tonight. Um, like BMAX said, he's the current captain of the uh, Japan national team. He's played for three World Cups. He captained the under twenties Japan. He's played in the Chiefs. He's played some Wolves. He's done everything. He's just a man at Japanese, eh? What can he do? Hundred percent, man. He's got a real good history, eh? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, you just <laughs> moving everything on the desk. Are you sweet? Sorry, man. <laughs> just trying to clear my area. Eh? Oh, nice, nice. Comfy. Is that? Sorry, boys. Oh no, it's all good. That's quite loud. <laughs> um, but yeah, Toops. Uh, oh, sorry, Billy. Um, what's it like? What's it been like being uh captain by Lichi? You know, uh, I've said this a lot of times in my interviews. Uh, it's one of the, probably one of the best captains I've been. Under, um, especially with his influence with the young guys, um, he's always for the team. Um, he's always asking questions for, um, especially those that are not in the what's it called, the team lead, uh, the leadership group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's always asking like you know if there's anything that we want to fix or help on, and, and you know he speaks for us. And and that's something that uh, a lot of us players um, don't experience with the captains that we've been under. So. Yeah, I just think he's a top bloke on and off the field. Nice. And I, I guess uh, a lot of Japanese people see it too. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Pretty exciting, eh? Um, don't, yeah, I guess got such a big guest. Might as well just get him on straight away. Um, yeah. Sweet. Nice. Oh, yeah. You wish we give him a call? Let's go. Toops. Oh, hey, mate. Sorry. How are you, Bella? Yeah, we're good. We have to. Nothing much, mate. Just uh, trying to do a little podcast, eh? Uh, unfortunately, we've got the the legend himself, Michael Leach, mate. Please. That's <laughs> no, good to be on here, Dougie. Oh, cheers, bro. Um, yeah, been, thanks for, uh, for a long time. Uh, uh, yeah, for I know you're a busy man. Um, you got a lot on, and um, yeah, it's getting a bit late, so we will hopefully not keep you too long. But thanks for making time for us. All good. All good. Nice. Your coffee, bro. Yeah, I just finished the massage, so I'm just chilling back now with my green tea. Oh, the dream. Professional. I'm going to do that in my routine now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we saw uh, that your guys' game, um, they got cancelled on the weekend. It's been rescheduled for this week, eh? Um, yeah. Yeah, so we had to um, reschedule it for this week because uh, there was thunder and lightning. So this week was supposed to be our bye week. So, yeah, we're training right, through, right throughout the week. But it's been good, though, because, you know, you can't do much out, outside of COVID now that we're still in state of emergency. So, yeah, yeah. Now it's all good. Mm. Oh, nice, nice. What's the prep looking like, mate? You know, two big teams. Uh, 
you know, we're looking forward to watching that and obviously the fans in Japan. So how's the prep going? No, it's been really good because um, yeah, Suntory and, and Toshiba, we're like, we've been rivals since way back and we're in the same, we live in the same city. Um, there's obviously a lot of guys that we know in each, each other's team. So, um, you know, traditionally those games have been pretty big and, you know, we're fortunate last year to uh, win against Suntory, which we haven't done in a long time. So, um, you know, Suntory will be looking to get the revenge back this weekend, but um, not going to assure that it's going to be a, a really tough game out there. Mm-hmm. Looks like it's um, looks like the weather's going to be fine too. It was scheduled to rain again, but I just checked before. It looks like it's going to be sunny. So be a good day for a good running rugby. Nice, nice. Yeah, um, I think because it's a bye week, the only games are um, our top Challenge League games and then, I guess, your rescheduled games. So hopefully a lot of guys will tune in and should be a big match. Yeah, I think so too. So, um, yeah, it'll be a good game for, or good weekend for rugby, I think. Nice, Kino nice. versus um, NEC as well. Yeah, yeah. The next day, 12 5 kickoff, I think. Oh, Nice. Oh, so there's two yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday. Last week, um, they got shut down too. So, yeah, it's just, just us two at the moment in the top league. That'd be another good game to watch, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of the game, like on the weekend, a lot of the games are mean, eh? Um, no, they are. Like, if you look at um, this year's top league, man, like the games have been so close. Mm-hmm. Like usually, usually, you know, the underdogs, you know, they're getting smoked every week, but they actually, you know, doing really well this year so it's pretty even I think it comes down to a lot of the top international players that have been coming over here and helping out in the coaching as well I think you know top league now is so competitive yeah. compared to three or four years ago it's, you know, you gotta you got to turn up every week as long as you get dealt to no, which is right. good yeah you're on number 100 I think this year's it's pretty good you know even though we had the COVID and obviously um we postponed uh, the comp and stuff but I've there's been some good footy lately eh? especially the like you just said the, the middle teams are giving the, the big te- uh, big the bigger teams a good game you know we saw what Kobe and uh, Rico, Rico yeah, yeah that was an interesting game to watch yeah yeah, mm. so, yeah. and Rick um, Docomo uh, the Red Hurricanes of Canada that's there and big uh, Vimpy van der Velt, the big oh. prawn no they're doing really well that's good <laughs> Yeah, no. Even like NEC, NEC versus Kobe Steel, you know, they are up for a bit there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cannon's beaten uh, Yamaha, which is, you know, they've been traditionally, you know, a really strong team. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitsubishi drew with um, Shining Arcs as well. Yeah, right? with, with Shining Arcs, yeah. you know, it's just, man, you got to turn up every week, otherwise you just get dealt to. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, we thought... Uh, Obviously, you've been in Japan for a long time. Um, you've got great Japanese. Uh, your English and Japanese probably both better than mine. But um, yeah, we'll uh, <laughs> go through. Um, I just thought we'd ask you a bit about like your time here and what it's been like, you know, kind of um, spending most of your rugby life over here and stuff. But um, mm-hmm. is it true you came over here to go to uni in, um, oh, sorry, in high school in Hokkaido? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Um, um, high school called Sapporo Yamanote, oh, nice, nice. which is a... Uh, um yeah, it's a small school, it's very, very old school. Like I've been I've been I've been in Japan for seventeen years now and it hasn't changed one bit. Wow. Like it's a humble, humble school. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um how did you get that uh, opportunity to come I guess 
uh, to Hokkaido of all places? Um, so when I was back in NZ, we used to host a lot of Japanese students at my house. So they used to come over and homestay during the holidays. So I got to know them. And um, I had also had, I was friends with um, Nick Ely, who plays for uh, Mitsubishi. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we grew up together playing footy. Um, you know, our family, families know each other. Um, and we both went to St. Bede's College. And he went over for um, like an exchange program type yeah. thing. Um, and while he was over there, they asked if, you know, if there's anyone else that wants to come over. And, um, yeah, fortunately for me, um, Nick asked me first. Oh, and, yeah. you know, without a doubt, I put my hand up, uh, took the opportunity. And uh, about three months later, I was over there. Wow. Yeah, it was a pretty pretty big decision. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. When I look back at it, when I look back at it, you know, being fifteen years old, but at the time, um, and I was ready for something different. So originally, my mother refused to let me go over there. She said <laughs> she wanted me to finish school, um, you know, wait for the opportunity to come after after you graduate. But I convinced her that you know the, the opportunity to go over there might be might not be there when I graduate. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, in the end, I got it to let me go, and you know, 17 years later, I'm I'm still here. Wow, the legend of Japan, eh? yeah, yeah. Um, just that, yeah, I guess uh, if it wasn't for Nick, you know, might not have all this um, this whole career, eh? So that's pretty crazy. Yeah, and you know, that's the that's the, when I look back at it. When I look back at it, you know, that's just uh, just by chance. You know, he just happened to ask me. You know, it could have been anyone else, but. You know, when I look back on my career, like you get so many opportunities in front of you, but you know, so often um, you don't see them as opportunities. Or you get so many chances, but you don't see them as opportunity. And I was fortunate enough to to make that decision and come over here and make something out of it. Nice, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess yeah, like you said, um, pretty old school up there in Hokkaido. But uh, what was it like? Mm-hmm. I guess going into um, School over here. Could you speak any Japanese at that stage? Uh, so I knew I'd studied it before I I come over here for about two years. So at, in New Zealand, you have to pick uh, a language each year, and at my high school was Japanese, French, and Maori. Yeah. And I chose to speak. I chose to learn Japanese for my first two years. Um, so I knew how to speak. Uh, I knew how to greet people and knew the characters and the hiragana, katakana, and that was about it. But back then I was extremely shy, so I didn't really uh, learn how to speak it until about my second year in oh, yeah, yeah. at high school. Yeah, I was a bit of a mute back then. But, um, yeah, gradually as my confidence grew, I, I started using my Japanese a bit more and um, it just got better and better since then. Nice. Still learning. Hey, Lichi Boris, um, Joe Kamana here. Um, just got a question on uh, your, uh, when you came over for schooling. Um, how, how was the rugby um, in your high school at Yamanote compared to the rugby back home? Um, no, it was, um, it was very different. Like I'd, I'd heard rumours that you know all you did was run and um, there was no skill walk or anything like that. But um, when I went over there, um, first first thing I was surprised that was the ground was all gravel. There was no grass. Uh, 
and we trained every day for three hours. And some of the drills we did back then like didn't make any sense, but um, you know, I wasn't there to, to pipe up or anything. I just put my head down and I did what everyone else was doing. But um, the technical parts of rugby, you know, Yamanote was very raw. So, you know, guys were learning still learning how to draw and pass. Um, guys, half the guys in my team would like to just learn how to play rugby. They come from like judo and basketball and baseball, yeah. and that all um, decided to to play for the rugby team. So you know, it was very raw, and like you would have tournaments over in Hokkaido, and you know, you'd end up scoring like three or four tries a game just because the level back then was you know was much lower than anything that was in New Zealand. Yeah, but that's all changed now. That's all changed. Like it's. it's High school rugby over here is so competitive. Like you probably know, watching um, down at that Sanix Youth World Tournament, yeah, that, yeah. those Japanese schools, man, they can you know, they can compete with those you know, top top New Zealand schools and top schools across the world. Yeah, yeah. man, especially now with um, they're all getting uh, broadcast on J Sports at the moment with uh, all the um, high schools, eh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean. You know, Japanese rugby is only going to get better, and um, you know, fortunately, you know, top league, we've got a lot of good coaches coming through, and um, a lot of those guys that retire, they go back to the high schools and become teachers, and they sort of pass that knowledge on. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, Japan rugby is still just going to keep getting stronger and stronger. Nice, nice, exciting times, eh? Mm. Cool. Hey, Lich, it's uh, it's Brody McCaskill here. Um, so you went to hey. Tokai Uni. How was your time? In Union, how was the rugby and the quality? Uh, uni was a big step up from my high school. So my high school, um, you know, we were champions up in Hokkaido. Yeah. But when you come down to the main island, you know, we get smoked by teams like, you know, 50, 60 nil. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go play Higashi Fukuoka and we'll get smoked like 80 nil. So that, that was the sort of level that my high school was at. Yeah. Um, but going to uni, um, it was – Back then, you know, Tokai University just started to get stronger. Yeah, yeah. They'd um, got a new coach called um, Kato Hironaga, and he came over and sort of implemented a new mindset within the team because it was it was a team that you know they you know they'd do all right, they're sort of middle table, but mm. didn't lack that sort of that killer instinct or that killer edge to to make it right to the top. Yeah, yeah. And so when I got there. There was a big, big change, big shift in the mindset. So we started training extremely hard. We had to run up mountains in the morning, wow. uh, do weights in the morning, like three or four trainings a day, and then press ups. If we do something wrong at training, we had to do press ups for an hour. You know, that was a sort of regime that we had at uni. So um, when I look back at my time at uni, it made me physically and and mentally tough, you know, tough enough to be able to endure, you know. Military style training, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, um, in Japanese, it's called refugee. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that sort of conditioned me to to sort of tough it out here and over, over here in Japan. Wow, um, no, that's amazing! Eh? Like, strong uh, guy, bro. You're yeah. a strong guy. <laughs> oh, please, tubes of no, because uh, he was at the Bipu camp and I was carrying him on my shoulders. <laughs> Holy, that must be pretty sore. <laughs> yeah, that's why you got uh, you got checked up, eh? 
if you're dead. <laughs> no, no, no. No, please. <laughs> so, right, getting off track here, sorry. Uh, but, uh, um, like, at uni, obviously, like, you're playing for a uni team. Is it pretty much all just rugby you're doing, or do you do classes and stuff? And when you graduated, do you come away with a degree, or, um, yeah, what's the go there? Um, I don't know if it's like for other universities, but um, at my uni, um, when I first went over there, because I was myself and this um, other guy called Josh Moe who used to play for Rico, we were like the first two there. And when we first got there, they said, if you don't pass your school marks, then um, your scholarship will get cancelled. So we went to school every day and, yeah, we graduated. Eventually graduated, um, got a degree, but you know it, it is a degree. But like, if I was to use that to go back to NZ and teach PE, I would know nothing about PE or anything like that. Yeah, it was yeah. just I just my mindset at uni was just to pass. So I did anything I I could do to pass. So that would mean uh, writing reports about uh, certain topics, or whatever. Um, taking all the English classes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, there was no there was no real special treatment to to us rugby guys because mm-hmm. our, our university is quite a strong sports university. Yeah, yeah. So we had good basketball players, judo. So we had to turn up, and turning up was the main thing. Oh yeah, wow. So you had like a gym, you know, um, or then in the morning you had to go to classes, and then a couple of hours training after that kind of thing every day. Yeah, pretty much every day. Um, Yes, so yeah, it was pretty hard to put on weight. Um, at, at uni, we got uh, Gulmai yen, which is 50,000 uh, 50, yeah, 50, yen yeah. Uh, a month. Oh, and yeah. it, uh, um, the dorm, the dormitory supplied breakfast and dinner, so you had to make your own lunch, you know, pay for your your um, travel in Japan and uh, your cell phone. Yeah, yeah. So at the end, you're sort of left with you know a couple thousand yen to... I don't know, buy some new jeans or yeah. go to the pub, whatever. You know, there, there was no, pretty much no money at the end of the month. You're yeah. running pretty dry. Yeah, because oh, that in like NZ dollars, that's like what five, six hundred bucks or something for the whole month to survive on. A, so that's pretty, especially in Tokyo. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, but it was, it was doable. Like we didn't have much of a life out there. It was um, it's pretty isolated out in at Tokai. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's about an hour and a half to Shinjuku, oh. so we just stayed in our little pub. Uh, yeah, we had a little pub that we used to go to, and that was about it. Yeah, yeah. But we were fortunate enough to be close enough to the um, the beaches. Yeah. So we could go out there and spend half the day out there, that sort of thing. Oh, nice, nice. The dream. But then, yeah, I guess uh, from there, you obviously impressed at uni and um, got. Brought into a uh, Toshiba, but um, yeah, what? Toshiba, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then, at that stage, were you still like a foreigner? Um, when did you kind of become, I guess, a Japanese passport uh, holder? Yeah. So when I first uh, started with Toshiba, there was only three foreigners allowed on the field at one oh, time. Yeah. yeah. And so and if you compare that to now, you know, it was pretty hard to it was pretty hard spot to crack. Yeah. Um, you know, you're competing with All Blacks and. Um, super rugby players back then. Um, so in my third year, I was eligible for my passport. Yeah. So I got married, got my passport, and in my fourth year, well, my third third playing year, I was a local. 
Oh, nice. nice. So at the time, I think it was uh, just myself, um, Hendrix, and a few other guys that sort of had their Japanese passports. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, was it like a tough decision for you to, I guess, uh, choose Japan as your adopted home? Um, or because you'd been here for a while, was that something you're always planning on doing? Um, you mean citizenship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I sort of um, planned out the, the, the good points and the bad points. Um, talked to a lot of, a lot of the guys that had um, changed their passports over, but in the end, it's, it didn't really change anything. Like, I could still go back to NZ on my New Zealand passport and yeah. um, I can still vote in New Zealand. I can still, I can vote in Japan. Yeah. I can, but nothing's, nothing's changed. It's just, I've got two passports. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Right, just going back to your um, Tokai Uni days, I know the um, trainings and that were uh, like real physical and probably um, draining as well with like how many hours you guys put in. But did you ever have mm-hmm. any thoughts on um, giving up and going back home? Nah, never. I've never had that um, at my time in, in Japan, even um, even at high school. And I don't know, I might be a bit wide, a bit differently, but I always thought if my teammates can do it, then there's no reason why I can't do it. Nice. So that's so, how I've been able to last for so long. Yeah, yeah, because you know, yeah. um, the island boys, like we sort of get homesick and stuff and we sort of tend to want to just leave everything and go home. So. Yeah, I mean, you get you get those days like yeah, ups and downs. But I'd really never seriously thought about uh, packing it all in and going. Um, yeah, I guess I didn't want to. I knew why, why I was there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to let my teammates down or my head coach down. You know, my relationship with my head coach wasn't all merry at mm-hmm. the time either at uni. So um, yeah, it was more. My mindset back then was, um, you know, if the guy next to me can do it, then there's no reason why I can't do it. And that's how I, I think that's how it lasted so long over here. Wow, that's an awesome and there was some playing up trainings back then too. <laughs> 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 Any uh, memorable ones? Any ones you remember? Oh, it's just the like we had um, we had to warm up. We had to do five laps of the field. Yeah. And they had four corners, uh, four big, those big cones on the corner. Yeah. And if you knocked one over, you had to do press-ups for an hour. Oh. Like, it's not hard not to knock one over. And some muppet would knock it over and we had to do press-ups for an hour. We had to do that um, at, at, our, at our summer camps. We had to eat every bit of food that was um, given out to us. Yeah. So the... The ladies in the kitchen would put on like those, you know, those big barrels of rice. Oh yeah, yeah. They put yeah. like five or six of them out there because we just keep mowing through them, and we had to we had to sit at the table for about an hour and a half, almost two hours. Everyone had to eat at least like four four big you know, plates of bowls of rice. Wow. You know that, and then we had to go to training after that. So guys were like throwing up at training. <laughs> um, <laughs> Even just like training through the heat, like yeah. it'd get so hot that your the the glue on your your boots would melt, and the soles of your um, boots would slip off. Wow! So you have these big holes on your on your boots. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's some playing up days. But <laughs> um, like there's times where um, 
the ambulance would turn up because guys would be having heat stroke. Oh. Yeah, it was pretty scary back then, you know. Yeah. You know, the Japanese mentality, you just keep going and going and going. And, you know, for me, like if I couldn't do any more, I'd, I'd put my hand up and have to take a risk. But there's some guys out there that just just keep going and going, heat stroke, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty scary. But now that um, a lot of um, guys are aware of it now and coaches and schools and that, so – that's no, it's not like it's uh, back then it's it was pretty dangerous but, but i think now it's a bit it's a bit more safer yeah 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 i think it was a bit more old school for a lot longer over here but i think it's um yeah becoming a bit more like modern or a bit more similar to uh, what we do back home eh? yeah i think it's just becoming a bit more sensible i think yeah yeah <laughs> yeah sensible. but i don't know if uh if that style keeps breeding uh you know guys like michael leach um then maybe they'll start going back to that well there's a limit eh? you gotta, yeah, be, smart, eh? yeah. <laughs> you gotta be smart you gotta be smart yeah but yeah um but then i guess you obviously impressed uh they're impressed with your toshiba um like so you said there were only three guys who could be on the team or in the uh, playing team at a time as foreigners but um Obviously, you started making that uh, team at Toshiba and you ended up getting into the Japan under-20s team and stuff. But what was that journey like playing for a company? Um, playing, for, yeah, playing for Toshiba when I first went over there, um, you know, it was a big step up from uh, from uni. You know, it's sort of, geez, it's 10, it's what, it's 11 years ago now. But yeah, um, yeah it was sort of like pro, but... It was it was professional footy, but you know what it's like at um, at the companies. Like half the guys work yeah, yeah, yeah. during the day, so you sort of you got that sort of um, you know, half the guys work. You know, you only got a couple handful of guys that are professional. But what I found when I first went to Toshiba is that um, the drinking culture was massive. Like it was you'd have midweek um, every Tuesday night was a big night out. Wow. No Wednesday recovery, yeah. and then Saturday, another big night out, um, and then Sunday recovery, and that was just a cycle. And you did that every week. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, we first we had a semi final against Panasonic, and our captain at the time took us out on a Tuesday to a yakitori place. Then yeah. end up, you know, having a, a, a few too many, but we ended up winning that semi final. And that was just, yeah. they were just tough guys back then. And if I look at it back then to now, like now it's, you just can't do it. Mm-hmm. It sort of goes back to um, top league being so competitive that you've got to have every little bit of edge that you can create yourself. Otherwise, you know, you're going to get dusted on the day. Yeah, yeah. Wow, hey. That's, yeah, that's unreal. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, how good oh take me back man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh um and then yeah what was it like first being i guess named for japan you started off with the under 20s is that right yeah started off with under 20s um did that and then um got pulled into the the japan team and then yeah that was it so i think i was 20 just turned just turned uh, 20, yeah, 20, 21, 20, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First game against America, and, um, yeah, we beat them. And that night, um, 
that was my first cap. And so all the old guys came with their big bottles of um, Asahi beers yeah. and not those small little glasses. You had to do like bottles back then. Oh. <laughs> and do that. And, so, uh, Luke Thompson was in there. Yeah, Luke Thompson was there with me. So oh, yeah. he looked after me that whole night, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As I remember, yeah. Legend, legend. Um, it was was it a pretty memorable match? Um, uh, I heard there might have been a cheeky like card showing or something. Yeah, uh, I came off the bench and then got carded. I spare tackled. Um, remember that little winger that ran around um, Habana in the two thousand seven World Cup? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, so he ended up coming down my channel and. Uh, Spare tackling of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was one of those uh, buzz off the I think. He said, come down. Um, I like sent him. Yeah. We won in the end. Nice, nice. And then, yeah, I guess a memorable um, night after that. But Yeah, but back then, back then, like, every game was like that. Mm-hmm. And we'd have tours to, like, Philippines and, and like Korea, Kazakhstan, Hong Kong, and it was, you know, midweekers, and then Saturday night, again, the same sort of scenario would happen. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's just completely changed now, completely changed. Yeah, nice. For the good, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I guess a few years after that, he got the uh, – 2011 World Cup back in NZ, but um, how was that playing, I guess, back in NZ uh, for Japan? And you've been in that Japan environment for a few years uh, by then, but. Um, yeah, I didn't really think too much of it, to be honest. Um, I didn't feel like I was coming home and playing in front of um, family. It wasn't, yeah, it was more um, playing well for Japan. And that 2011 World Cup, we worked pretty hard up to that point. You know, we'd had some good scores against. Uh, we'd won the Penn Pacific Nations Cup, so we're pretty confident going into that World Cup. Had a good game against France, but lost. Um, and we played against the All Blacks the next uh, three or four days later and get smoked by them, 80 points. Yeah, and yeah. then we sort of had uh, Tonga to play, and you know that was the sort of the game that we targeted to win. Yeah, and we ended up being smoked by them. And then we drew Canada. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a real funny old tournament, that one. Mm-hmm. Like, the ex- expectations were pretty high amongst us, but um, once we lost against um, Tonga, who we'd previously beaten three or four times before that, you know, the morale of the team dropped and we got a few injuries here and there and we had to pull guys out from Japan to come over and play for play against Canada and you know we we tried our hard, hard, hardest but ended up coming away with the draw, yeah, which yeah. was a real funny old feeling. You know, being having drawn with with Canada in two thousand seven to have the same result mm-hmm. in two thousand eleven, you know, it was it was a really weird feeling in camp. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, but yes, yeah, from there. Just like Japan was always kind of slowly building, maybe people um, overseas didn't see it, but um, that obviously probably led to um, what happened in 2015. But I guess before that, you had a little bit of a stint at the Chiefs, is that right? Yeah, so I got uh, yeah, I got got the opportunity to go over and uh, play uh, for the Chiefs, 
it all started in 2011 when we played against the All Blacks and Wayne Smith came in to the locker room and asked if I'd be interested in playing back in New Zealand. I was, you know, was thinking he was joking. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, if I had the chance, I'd definitely come back. And then two years later, he um, got in contact and they all of a sudden I was a chief. Wow. That's good. Up the chiefs. Wow. Uh, yeah, what, what was that like coming back? That was, I guess, your first stint in super rugby environment as well, eh? Yeah. So I'd broken my arm. So I came over, came over to the chiefs in the water training group. Yeah. And... I had a broken arm, so I was rehabbing the whole time. But I remember going back, and it was just real awkward. Like I'd been in Japan for so long, mm-hmm. and um, you know, growing up in Christchurch compared to Hamilton, it was, it's was so different. Yeah, like uh, you know, communicating with um, island, like Islanders again. Like yeah, there was yeah. no like when I was in Christchurch. You know, the culture back there was different compared to what it was like in Hamilton. So I found it real hard to sort of fit in. Didn't know, really know where to fit in. Like I, I just remember it being real awkward. So I just stuck to myself and just rehabbed and um, just put my head down and just worked hard. But ended up breaking my leg anyway and then left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen um, you've been involved with a few teams. Um, out of all those teams, what would. Uh... Which one would have the uh, best culture? Um, yeah, that's a real good question because I remember when I first went over the Chiefs to the Chiefs, you know, it just felt like I'd um, been blind the whole time. Like I'd like been in Japan and just been told what to do and that, and you just do it without asking. Um, so when I went to the Chiefs, you know, I was a real eye-opener. You know, guys, like players were giving presentations up um, on defense and attack, and um, the leadership group guys were taking the young guys out for coffees and asking them how they were. Yeah. Um, we had at the Chiefs, there was a character called Jeff the Moldy, who we based our culture around. Yeah. So we all wanted to be like Jeff the Moldy and what he um, stood for and how the Chiefs sort of uh, connected with the community, uh, the culture, the history within the region. Um, and that you sort of you built a you, you just built a real good connection with the Chiefs and what it represents. And you remember that feeling like when you're kids, when you're a kid, and you wake up and you can't wait for Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Like you're real itching to go. That that's that that's the sort of um, feeling I got when I was at the Chiefs. And I remember being in Japan. I'd, I'd suddenly feel that way. Yeah. Just because you know you'd you'd make a mistake and get yelled at over over in Japan, like you you look from you offload and they drop it and then and it's your fault. Yeah, and you get screamed at. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't like that at Chiefs. You know, you just you just had the you know the free will or the, you could you could just go out there and express yourself and and everyone was doing it. So I reckon out of um, all the teams I've been with, I think the Chiefs have probably influenced me the most out of every other team and um, that sort of helped I think that definitely helped our our team in 2015 yeah. especially me as a captain as going forward like I learned so much from the Chiefs that I brought in um, to, to the Jap- Japanese squad you know things that were were sort of spoken about mm-hmm. but not really in detail and we sort of yeah wow got that um, 
sort of you know, the key learnings from the Chiefs I took into the, to the to the Japanese squad. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice, and that's really cool because um, I'm pretty sure like whoever's seen uh, that movie, The Bride and Miracle, will know what happened like in the lead up to the um, 2015 World Cup. But like, <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. see a uh, um, yeah, Mr. Leachy, You know, I saw you star in that a uh, pretty big big no, movie. Um, no, I think that. No, that was the actor was um, I think his name was uh, William. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, William. Yeah. But uh, are you just going to that uh, World Cup? Like, obviously in Japan. Oh, that was I think a few months after I'd come to Japan. Um, I actually gotten a ticket from your mate uh, Yuga uh, to go watch you guys right. play uh, Uruguay. I think it in Tokyo. Uh, for a warm up, I think you guys won that like forty nil, and when I saw that, I was like, "Oh man!" Yeah, that was in that was in uh, that wasn't in Tokyo. That was in Level Five Stadium. Oh, was it? Oh, nice, nice. Um, yeah, when I saw that, um, I was just like, "Wow!" Like, uh, you guys look like you're on. And then obviously you had that first game against South Africa. But what was that World Cup like? In 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, like. Um, the expectations of the public um, were zero. Like mm-hmm. you, or everyone thought we'd lose. But if you look at our build-up towards that World Cup, you know we'd um, we'd won ten. I think I think it was thirteen games in a row. That was a new record for for Japan. Yeah, we played against we played against Wales and beat them. Wow. Uh, yeah, beat Wales. So that was the first time first time to beat uh, Tier One nation. Yeah. Um, went on tour to Europe and won two games on the trot against Romania and Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it was really building nicely. And set piece-wise, I remember we used to gauge ourselves against um, Georgia and Romania because they would just push our scrum and all over. Yeah, yeah. And we ended up beating them um, right before the World Cup too as a World Cup pre-game warm-up game. And we beat them convincingly, and I remember – Thinking if you know if we can bar up against the Georgians, then we got a real good chance against um, South Africa. Yeah, yeah. So you know, we were quietly confident going in that game. Nice. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was just like a training run. Like we'd prepared so well for it, and just everything was coming off like we, exactly how we'd planned. And full credit to well, credit to Eddie Jones. He he masterminded it game plan that was effective enough to, to beat the Springboks. Mm-hmm. We sort of knew their uh, individual characteristics even, um, what they do under pressure and and things like that. So we knew exactly how they would, you know, respond to pressure. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's how we sort of uh, twisted their arm a bit and got the win in the end. Wow, wow. Nice. Um, yeah. Mm. Because uh, I guess, like, in the end, you got that penalty real late. You could, it was pretty kickable, um, and they probably would have drawn it. But uh, was that, like, your decision as captain to go uh, for the try, or did that come from upstairs from Eddie? Or? No, Eddie was um, he was opting for the post to so oh, get yeah, the draw. Yeah. But at the time, I was thinking, you know, if we, you know, if we go for the shot and we miss, mm-hmm. then I'll regret it. Forever, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, if we challenge ourselves and um, try to win the game, you know, we can go down. Um, I, I could sleep that way, yeah, I think. Yeah. And I, I remember that was my—I th- was thinking at the time, but I talked to the forwards about 
um, you know, how the scrum was feeling. Mm. Um, remember Thompson Luke was backing me up. He was saying, "Yeah, we can, we can, we can go for it." Nice. So, um, put a plan in place. So they got one in the bin. Mm-hmm. So we'll shift it wide, and then go from the edge to the to the corner. And yeah. you know, fortunately for us, we Khan Hiskis corn, scored in the corner. Oh, it yeah, yeah, change history. Oh yeah, from Mamalaki. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, great ball, great ball. Oh, mm. yeah, good, eh? Yeah, good. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, you talked about how Eddie was uh, like kind of masterminded everything um, for that game, and like you guys prepare real well for that. But how was it? Um, as you've been coached by a lot of teams, it's a bit similar to what um, uh, JK asked with the culture. But who is the most influential um, coach you've had in your career? Well, geez, it's pretty hard to put it down to one person like I've been influenced by so many coaches yeah yeah um geez you're asking me for my most influential coach um oh I mean yeah if it's a few like I guess you don't have to um narrow it down to one but um yeah um yes yeah, so Eddie Jones would be one Wayne Smith is another Dave mm-hmm. Rennie is another one uh, my first coach at Toshiba what a yeah what a son um he was a great coach um there's a scrum coach at, at Tokyo University called Shimura-san. Mm-hmm. He was nuts. He was completely nuts, but I liked him. Yeah. <laughs> um, who else was there? Yeah, Jamie Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's heaps of coaches, yeah. like Tony Brown. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's heaps. Of, it's too hard to put it down to one. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of like personal growth, um, I'd probably uh, put Jamie Joe as uh, number one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I put Jamie Joe as number one because um, he doesn't. Not not saying that any other coaches bullshit or anything like that, but he's so straight up. Yeah, it's like direct. Yeah, 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 yeah real direct. And in terms of like being in uh, the leadership group as well, like he put a real big focus on that, mm-hmm. and he made really, really good leaders, like extremely good leaders, in the team. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, no, nah, probably for my own personal growth, yeah, I'd probably say Jamie Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just even their list, like, pretty much all the coaches you've had have been, you know, pretty big coaches. Um, They've probably had, all had a lot of experience. So, yeah, I can understand how tough it'd be to kind of pick one from out of those, but. Mm, yeah, I mean, yeah, um, Eddie Jones used to tell me, like, never, never think you're Japanese. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the best advice he'd ever given me. Yeah. You're not Japanese, so don't start thinking like one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop banging the head. Um, <laughs> that was a uh, yeah. He was straight up too. Yeah. Um, in terms of changing the Japanese mindset, he did a really good job. Like it's probably the hardest job he had was changing the mindset, losing mindset to a uh, yeah, losing and being comfortable to mm-hmm. actually you know not being comfortable with losing and winning. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Believing that we could win. That sort of thing, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's been a funny old road, road with the Japan Japan stuff, just how Jap- Japanese rugby has sort of progressed. I mean, James, you've been here a long time, and you probably know as well, that, you know, the potential's always been here. It's just how to get it all out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, bro, uh, like with players like yourself, Fumi, 
Shota, Inagaki, Yamala, Mats, and now Himeno making the move to play overseas in Super Rugby. Do you think it plays a pivotal role in the growth of Japanese rugby? Ooh. Yeah, massive. Yeah, massive. Yeah. Because um, now that no kids, like, we, we, we'd all go over to overseas and we'll come back with so much different, what do you call it, intellectual property, I think that's what they call it. Mm-hmm. So we come up with, you know, uh, different ways of training and different ways of seeing the game and different experiences. And so they come back and bring all that knowledge back into the team. Uh, another thing is is that the overseas play, overseas teams look at Japanese players and actually respect them now. Yeah. So now that, um, you know, Japanese players are sort of sought after now. Mm-hmm. Like Himeno going, going to the Highlanders, uh, he's not going there because of connections or anything. He's going there because he's good enough. Yeah. Um, Matashima at Clermont, you know, they want him there. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's been a star player for them for this whole season. You know, for me, Shota, you know, Shota had offers from Toulon to go over there and play, but he turned all that turned all those down. Wow. Now it's just changed. Like now that um, Japanese players are a bit more respected, and a lot of teams actually consider. Getting Japanese players over, even uh, what's his face? Um, oh, I just slipped my mind. Number nine at uh, Toyota. It slipped my mind. Oh, freaking hell! Um, Kato. Kato, yeah, she can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like playing um, in the ITM Cup. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, played in the ITM Cup. Uh, what Uchida from? Yeah, yeah, Uch- Uchida from Pana played for Tasman. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Atta, sorry, I forgot Atta as well, played at um, Chiefs. Yeah, Atta played for Chiefs. Yeah. Um, Yambu? Yeah. Oh, Yambu? Yeah, Yambu. Yeah, Yambu. Can't forget Yambu. Yamada as well, he's going over to America. Yeah. Yeah, Yamada, Yaki going to America. He played for the um, Force. Yeah. A couple of games before. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, it would be good to see more Japanese players go over. Yeah, and I guess um, it really put them on the map uh, with that 2019 World Cup as well in Japan. Um, you guys obviously made history with that one, but um, yeah, how was that World Cup being at home in Japan in front of our crowd and um, yeah, you guys doing so well? How was it? Um, geez, it was, it was awesome. Like, it was just real, real satisfying to see us perform at the highest level in front of a massive crowd and with all the pressure and everything that comes on top of it all, um, to see us reach our goal, I thought that was just that was just real satisfying because we put in so much work to get there. And as Toops knows, like it's for us to win is so hard. You mm-hmm. probably don't the public probably don't realise how much hard work goes in behind the scenes. Like there's so much stuff going on just for a normal preparation work. There's little group meetings and this and that and prep for this and that and yeah but to see it all come off and um, get a win against Scotland and and push uh, South Africa right to the edge mm-hmm. um, you know it was pretty satisfying but um, you know it's greater things to come so yeah you played at three World Cups did you do you have any that you know that was your favourite or um, yeah my favourite has to be 2019 yeah yeah yeah, I just felt like in 2019, like we were in control. The players had real control over um, how, not not 
not saying that um, 2015 we didn't have any control, but um, I just felt um, 2019 like the players were real accountable for all their own actions. Yeah, like we'd, we'd train with like real purpose and like it was really player driven. I thought yeah. like we got to the point where you probably did we probably didn't even need. Um, we could run a whole week by ourselves pretty much if we if we really wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But the coaches would just put the plans in place and would would be confident enough to, to run it. And that's the sort of level we got to. Yeah. But that um the reason we got that level is because you know, Jamie Joe was always a pressure leadership group to actually be leaders and Yeah. No, it was real good. No, it was it was satis- anything if I could put it down to mm-hmm. to one word it'd be probably this is a real satisfying World Cup. Yeah, nice, nice. Because I guess um, like the difference between that and 2015, like you said in 2015, no one kind of gave you a chance and you were kind of flying under the radar. But 2019, I guess um, Ireland and Scotland, they would have been preparing for you guys. They would have known you would have come hard, but still being able to get that result yeah. is pretty massive, eh? Yeah. And, you know, the World Cup wasn't announced you know, four years ago. It's been in the back of our minds for the last eight years since mm-hmm. 2011. Yeah. So it's been, you know, it's been in the, in the back of our minds for a long time, and you know, credit to the union as well because, you know, they pumped a lot of money into the Japanese team to be able to have um, two teams, I mean, the Wolfpack and the Sun Wolves. Yeah, yeah. And they, the Wolfpack went over to NZ and played a few games there, and we had some players playing in the Sun Wolf season and got a heap of experience there, and we're in camp and. Traveling around the country, so um, and also you know the whole World Cup itself, you know the way it was organised and how it all came off. You know the guys that came over, the mm-hmm. players even they had an awesome time. The guys that were here, the fans loved it. So yeah. you know, hopefully within our lifetime, you know Japan hosts another World Cup. Yeah, yeah. I think there's always talk about that. Anyway. Nice, nice. So, uh, what do you think Japan rugby has done right, especially in the last, you said, eight years to be playing the rugby they are now playing? What have they done right? Um, I've definitely got real good coaches, and that's that's one thing I've done right. Yeah. One thing, yeah. And so, getting the right right coaches in. So, you know, um, JK, who's a good coach, um, getting Eddie Jones, who was, you know, that's the top. You're talking. The best coach in the world mm-hmm. at the time, him and uh, Wayne Smith, and then um, you know getting two pla- two coaches, Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown, that understand the Japanese culture, can speak Japanese, and have, have a real passion um, for Japan as well. They want to see Japan do good, so I think having those sort of three coaches come in um, has made a real massive difference, and also the top league. Having a lot of foreign coaches come over, and um, you know, top quality foreign players coming over to just boost the level. So you got you know the top leagues coming becoming more competitive. So guys know how to um, you know that they they experience competitive rugby every week. Yeah, yeah. Instead of playing for say you know playing for a top team and smoking everyone else and having maybe three or four tight games a year. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, coaches and the level of top league. I think that's what's um, helped Japanese rugby so far. Nice. I've seen um, that uh, all the top league teams are investing in uh, high-profile um, coaches and stuff. 
and um, how mm. the how the competition is picking up at the moment. Um, mm. What are your thoughts on um, uh, the rugby Japan Rugby Union um, investing in um, some refs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's been a you know that's, that's been the case for a number of years now. Um, but it was good. I'm saying that it was good to see um, Kubo-san at the World Cup yeah, yeah, um, yeah. do a couple of Super Rugby games. But I think um, you know a lot of guys have said it. Like if you want if you want Japanese rugby to get better, you need to um, you know keep investing in your refereeing. Like the, I know the referees have a tough job as it is. Yeah. But um, you know there's a couple of retired referees at the moment, uh, Nigel Owens and. Um, well, there's a couple of other ones, but mm-hmm. just they can come over here and just keep, um, you know, working with the referees that we have at the moment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Keep the quality, keep them, you know, getting better and better. Yeah, yeah. But you know, like there's a lot of foreign coaches over here. But the one thing that Japanese um, Japan needs to be careful too is that we um, we make our own coaches too. So there's got to be um, Japanese head coaches. You know, at the moment there's a lot of Teams now with Japanese head co- uh, foreign head coaches, so it's just we've got to make sure we're breeding a Japan. Keep breeding, you know, Japanese coaches and scrum coaches and skill coaches. So Japanese rugby, you know, just keeps on getting better and better. We're not so reliant on foreign knowledge where we can um, you know, have some of our own coaches. Just investing in themselves. Yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. Oh, nice. Sorry. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess. Um, sorry, we've kept you for a little while. Don't want to keep you for too long. But um, is it true nice. that uh, you've got a cheeky statue of you in a park in Tokyo? No, nah, that's false. <laughs> that's a teacher. Oh, he's got one of his. <laughs> <his backyard. laughs> no, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, it, uh, yeah, it is me. It is me. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I guess uh, like when you first came over at what 15 she uh, probably wouldn't yeah. have you know imagined that there'd be a statue of you um like you know a few years later in tokyo and everyone will know your name yeah. in the rugby world you know so yeah i didn't really yeah i wouldn't have imagined it. i would i don't even imagine the, the position i am in now yeah but, yeah you know it's it's just how the how it's all turned out mm-hmm. Like I've always been, I've always wanted Japanese rugby to get better, and I've always believed that they, you know, they haven't. Japan rugby has so much more to offer. I mean, considering how hard they train and how diligent they are with um, their work. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's, they deserve to be better, and I guess that sort of yeah, we're just fortunate enough to have the right coaches that can, you know, see the same things. That I sort of saw. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just been really, I've just been real fortunate to be on that grind with. I've been, um, you know, been in here, been in been Japan for 17 years now and just see the growth of and how Japanese rugby has changed. It's been, been real cool, actually. Nice. Yeah, real cool. Yeah, man. Hopefully we can breed more leaders like you, eh? Because, you know, like I've told everyone and, and the boys here, you know, you're one of a kind. You know, you're someone that not only talks but leads by its action and, and always uh, talking for the boys, and, um, you know. And, you know, because, yeah, your career so far and it's been outstanding. Obviously, you're going to play for what, another 10 years, hopefully. Is it, yeah. is it still oh, your I dream? I hope so. 
I hope so. I've got some new hips in me now, so <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But um, no, I'm still loving what I'm doing. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm that. No, I just I just want to make Japanese rugby better, make the make the team better, and that's where I get all my ideas from. I think you just keep making your bed in the morning, hips. That's a <laughs> 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 funny guy tonight, man. Well, stop it. You need to get James Moore on here. Oh, hard out. Very dangerous. <laughs> but, uh, cheers, bro. Um, there's just a few questions to end with that we ask um, all our guests. Uh, the first one is um, What is your favorite food in Japan and what do you miss from back home, food wise? My favorite food in Japan. Um, oh, uh, I like tonkatsu. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. yeah, like a real fat tonkatsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cut it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, tonkatsu. And uh, what I miss from home is probably just a good, decent meat pie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like a, just a proper meat pie, mm-hmm. steak and cheese, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. That's about it, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, those tongatsu, mm-hmm. like pork cutlet things. Oh, there you go, good. Eh? Yeah, 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 real good, real good. Nice, nice. Thanks for coming on, like, taking up so much of your time uh, for our, uh, you know, podcast. We just want to try and get – there's not that much info on – Japan rugby for um guys who speak English, so we thought we'd just try and create a platform where they can kind of you know hear what's going on and hear stories about guys who've been there, done that in Japan. Um, so yeah, thanks again yeah. for coming on. No, thank you very much for hosting me. Um, I know who's a good, a good guy that you should get on next is James Moore. Oh, nice. I'm serious. Oh, uh, He's a, like a kid that's come from. <laughs> he first came to Shiba. And I swear he couldn't catch a ball. I swear he couldn't catch a ball. He could not catch a ball. Oh, he still can't. And now yeah. he's, he still can't. But he's, he's my MVP for the World Cup. Yeah. You know, within two or three years, he's my MVP for the World Cup. No, for sure. He was a Seriously. beast, eh? Um, he was mean for the yeah. Sunwolves that year as well, eh? Yeah. Just a real uncanny player. Yeah, yeah. You know, he can hit. Like, he's tough. As, he's tough. Nice. Yeah. It must but, be all those uh, piccolos that he drinks. Tube soy. Oh, yeah, probably. What's that? Tube soy. Nice to tea that up. Yeah, I don't think he's got head to my calls, but I'll give it a crack. Yeah, tube soy. You can even ask Jamie Joe to jump on. <laughs> <laughs> Here he is. Speed dial, speed dial one on Tube soy. I, I just gave it to him on Insta. I said, oh, mate, uh, must be good to go to Dad's house. Oh, man. Yeah. Man, he's like a uh, second son now, eh? After you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, heaps, honestly, bro. We really appreciate you nah, joining us tonight. Sorry, if Tips had uh, texted me earlier, I wouldn't have um, had a massage at, at nine. So, uh-huh. all good. Um, Stick to your preparation, yeah, bro. Yeah, he's professional yeah, as ever, nah, you know. Jimby, Jimby. Don't bro. Bring me bucket. Yeah, Mitchell Maki. Bye, bro. And um, yeah, obviously, uh, yeah, you've got um, you know, amazing Japanese as well. So one day I might have to um, ask you to come on to my Japanese one and show us how it's done. 
Uh, yeah, nah. <laughs> 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 yeah, on age, mass. Right. Nah, all good. Cheers, bro. Shop up. All good. All right. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Cheers, yep. bro. All right. Catch you later. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, yeah. What a, what a uh, interview, eh? Just, yeah, yeah. Just so much, um, like, stuff I didn't know, like, all that. Um, the stuff about, like, the drinking culture back then was just so crazy, like, um, how things... Yeah, yeah. yeah. love their drink, man. Love it, eh? Um, they're just so good at backing up after that, like, yeah. day after. Everyone looks I sweet. Like if you're from the outside, you know, in another country, you don't really know about that. And you yeah, yeah. Don't expect it, but... Yeah. You learn mm. new things every day. Yeah. That's it, that's it. That's a pretty cool culture though. Yeah. Like then when you started with Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like kinda interesting to see how like I didn't know been here for seventeen years. That's like well bro, you were four or something when you came over, right? So Yeah, so um in that time you've seen how much Japan rugby's changed and um yeah, it's just looking like it's just gonna keep improving, especially when you've got leaders like that and you got guys like uh Billy Toops and Jimmy Moore coming along, uh, you know, yeah. um, leading from the back as well. So nice. But such a good leader, though, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Man, I wish I would be lucky. <laughs> you are, bro. Call him. No, I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just the one difference. Eh? You're yeah. saying all the Before right stuff. Talk talked about our lineups, bro. Yeah. That's um, one. At least they listen. We listen. Uh, yeah, oh, the lineups are going mean today. Yeah. Must have been Toops' influence. Yeah, just a phrase. <laughs> Did you all call space at once? And that's <laughs> not how they can go space anymore. <laughs> you guys are making fun of us. It's all good. A nice voice. Um, yeah, before we go, uh, I guess we'll just go through our Japan Word of the Week. Uh, but yeah, bro's just so keen on that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. That's Joe. Give it to me. Oh, as uh, from a few weeks ago, I think you said give it to me. So now I just got along. Give it to me. Give it to me. Nice. Replay. Yeah, yeah. That's the real one, though. How's it go? You was on. You said before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Better fear. Oh no. Um, I was just wanting you to give us a give it to me. Yeah. But... Oh, live. Give it to me. <laughs> that sounds the same. Oh, that yeah, was the same. Yeah. Press the oh, nice, nice. Um, but yeah, I, I guess. Do you want to hear the difference? Yeah. This is, everyone's oh, tuned yeah. off now. Anyway, as yeah. soon as I leak, you's gone there. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, good yeah, next yeah. next podcast. So. <laughs> but yeah, I guess uh, our phrase of the week, uh, a good one would be family. And uh, you know, what family is in Japanese, bro. Uh, kazuku. Oh, kazuku. nice kazuku. kazuku. Yeah, kazuku. Yeah. Yeah, it's um something that. I guess a lot of foreigners, you know, uh, hold dear and something that I think is getting better in Japan. But like we've seen in the past, there's been a big like work culture over here. So sometimes it's like work first and family second. But you're seeing that change a little bit. So yeah, when you come over, talk about your kazuku. Nice. Kazuku, eh? Yeah. Kazuku. How many kazuku do you have, bro? Hi, fam. Yeah. Thieves, bro. Ooh. Eesh. My cola family. Oh. Hey. Family back home. Here he is. You got nice. a big heart, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah. It's as the backside, eh? Oh. <laughs> 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 nice, nice. But nah, thanks for tuning in again. Um, 
We've got a big game against Quintetsu this week, so if you want to watch that, it'll be live on our YouTube page again. If you've got Stan and Aussie, Sky Sport and NZ, you can watch some of the top league games as well. Uh, so yeah, to watch all things uh, rugby, tune into those, but uh, tune in every week with us to hear a bit more about life in Japan, eh? Yes, sir. Let's go. Nice yeah. call. Nice. Say another. <laughs>